Do ghosts celebrate Christmas? What if a dog drank coffee? All of these questions you can find the answer to on This Paranormal Life! Hey everyone, welcome to This Paranormal Life, the comedy paranormal podcast where every week we investigate a brand new paranormal tale, case, claim, beast, and come to a conclusion as professional paranormal investigators as to whether or not it is truly paranormal. My name is Roy Powers, I'm going to be your host for today, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kit Greer. Glad to be here, Roy Powers. I can actually answer this one right off the top of the podcast. Uh, what would happen if a dog drank coffee? Mm-hmm. I did, for a very short period of time, run a doggy daycare. Very short period. First day of business, people left me a lot of dogs. Uh, and I wanted to get them out of the door for a walk right away so that I could uh, finish my day's work before it even began. Yeah, but those uh, dogs were a little, they looked a little a sluggish. Little lethargic. Yeah. These, were com- these doggies were coming from rich people's houses where they were eating raw food diets, vegan smoothies all the time. They had absolutely no pep. They were like little pale dogs, they were tired, sluggish. So, sure, I fired up a pot of cold brew and just you know, started filling up their little bowls. Needless to say, many lawsuits, litigations, and everything later, um, those dogs did not return to their home safely. No. I was shut down. I did lose my license. But I learned a lot that day about giving dogs coffee. And I think that, you know what? The, the world is is pushed forward into the future by humans who dare to experiment. Um, we don't even have to stop here. Let's give wine to a cat. Let's give champagne to an octopus. Let's get weird maybe one of them will will do something pretty cool that's all i'm saying moving swiftly on to today's topic we got an email suggestion from james dunn james emailed into this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com and said as you both come from northern ireland you both definitely know about the whole island's history with druids fairies and everything in between I saw this post and thought it could make a great podcast episode to deep dive into the stories of Ballyboley Forest. Okay. Kit, do you know a lot about Ballyboley Forest? (laughs) He kind of teed us up there as if we would. Uh, I've never heard of Ballyboley Forest in my life. Neither have I. I've been to, you know, Ballymoney, Bally Sally. All the great Ballys. All the Ballys. I've never heard of Ballyboley. When we think about the most haunted locations in the world, we think about haunted houses, asylums, castles, places where dark and evil events have taken place, but we rarely venture into the woods. If we do, it's to hunt a cryptid, a sasquatch, a goat man, not to investigate the woods themselves. So here we are today, Kit with our sleeping bags and our flashlights ready to psycho-dive into the paranormal heart Hell of yeah, Ballyboley Forest. Now, Ballyboley Forest is situated just inland from the east coast of Northern Ireland uh, and has been a popular tourist attraction for years. Its lush green fields and tall trees invite you in to explore. But if you knew the history of these woods, you'd know not to step foot in them. The year is 1997, and two young men make their way down a gravel path leading out of the small town of Ballynur. A local passing by notices their walking gear and calls out to them. Where are you off to today, lads? Just going for a wee walk, so we are uh, first time in Ballynur. Aye, well, you've picked a rotten day for it. Rain's been on and off since morning. Where are you headed? We're going into the woods. You know, Ballyboley Forest. 
the man froze. Lads, if you know what's good for you, this is as far as you'll go. The two men decided to ignore the warning. It wasn't stormy, it was still daylight. They had no idea what this crazy local was talking about, so they pushed forward. Just think about how funny it was if the first uh, case we had that was set in Northern Ireland, we were like, the locals said, where are y'all going? It's like straight back to the Southern American accents, even when it's Northern Ireland. <laughs> the trail led them deep into the trees, straight through the heart of Ballyboley Forest. But as they walked deeper and deeper into the woods, they began to hear strange noises echoing around them, bouncing off the trees. Think Ocarina of Time Forest Temple. Things okay. are getting real weird up in here. Yeah, we're talking... Uh, Spiders the size of a car. You follow a trail for like an hour. You look back. You're five paces from where you entered the forest. Trees are growing down. You're up. Everything is twisted and weird. Yeah. The noises continue to echo and bounce off the trees. Hello? Is anybody out there? No response. Feeling a little uneasy, the two men decided to pick up the pace. The noises began to get stranger. Now in the distance, they could hear a woman moaning. Yeah, that'll work. Pick up the pace. I mean, how big can this forest be? I'm sure you'll be out the other side in no time. Thinking that she was possibly hurt or in trouble, the two men followed the sounds, trying to see if they could find the source, until it sounded like it was right in front of them. When they slowly pushed through the trees, the noise stopped completely. Well, that was weird. Let's go get a pint. Then, an ear-splitting scream cried out from behind them. The two men took off, running in fear, pushing through the trees and branches, trying desperately to find their way out of the woods. When they reached the edge of the forest, the two men glanced back as they ran, and in the woods, they spotted four hooded figures in brown ragged robes. Oh, shit. Standing motionless, watching them as they left. That old man was part of this crew. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to go in the woods today, lads. Me and the boys are going to sacrifice a goat. It's a 12 p.m. Druids meet, monthly meetup. While this story comes <laughs> We've from... We've booked the woods, so we have <laughs> f*** off. While this story comes from 1997, Ballyboley Forest has a dark history spanning back to the 15th century and to, and to this day remains not just the most haunted forest in all of Ireland, but also arguably the entire world. What? Argued by me today <laughs> on this show. I'll fight anyone who says otherwise. That's pretty shocking to me because as discussed... We spent damn near all our lives uh, in the home country and have uh, kind of never heard of its haunted past or indeed the forest itself. But maybe it's kind of, it, this is, this place is on some Voldemort shit. It's like the forest we do not speak of. Yeah. And this, this is bad as well. Just because we talked about one case where there's a couple hooded guys, things get a lot weirder. Uh, people tell stories of entering the woods and never coming out. Wanderers have described hearing screaming and squealing from animals and humans, and many visitors have stumbled across strange monuments and altars that look like they've been used for sacrifices. Okay, so... There's also mysterious smoke, blood painted on trees, Jesus. and I'm pretty sure there's a ghost in there as well. So, 
some memories are coming back to me. I mean, like whilst I haven't heard of Ballyboley Forest um, and its haunted past, do you remember kind of stories growing up of like Satanists hanging out in like the local woods and stuff? Yes, I do. It kind of rings a bell, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's a UK wide thing or a worldwide thing, but I've heard many Northern Irish people say, yeah, they found like a weird altar and there were like candles and things carved into the ground maybe even a, a dead bird or something yeah yeah i don't know if that was like uh, just an ireland slash northern ireland thing or like maybe that's just what everyone says about creepy parts of their town i mean maybe that's just what teenagers get up to everywhere but it would be interesting if that in any way links to ireland's druidic past i never thought of that before we will be going into uh, a little bit more uh, later in this episode druids and their history in in uh irish history so um so stay tuned for that will be exciting um, <laughs> we just reveal that we're druids <laughs> i think this rings a bell uh, when i was 15 i actually was this man in the story i actually so. went to juvie for sacrificing birds it's actually pretty messed up because i was on trial for having done all these horrible things when i'm sacrificing animals for everyone for everyone the I'm common good it i'm making life good for you i'm making life good for you i'm making i'm like <laughs> twisting a cat's neck as i'm talking <laughs> the boss wearing Dude. robes <laughs> why did we even let him speak he's obviously guilty put him away now, there is one reason why this forest might be the paranormal playground that it is today. And that is possibly down to the four figures that we saw in the woods in the mm. previous story. Known as the Four Druids. These guys are, like, famous? Pretty famous. Holy. I mean, these creepy bastards are at the heart of many of Ballyboli's paranormal stories. Visitors have spotted them standing in the darkness watching them moving around their tents while people are camping. They've even been seen in the dead of night at the edge of the forest holding burning branches. Jesus, man. They're dressed in dark brown robes with their faces hidden behind a low hood, Sith Lord style. I like it. What kind of lightsaber are we talking though? Are we talking uno, dos, <laughs> cuatro? <laughs> How many did General Grievance have? I think he had... <laughs> his name wasn't General Grievance. <laughs> he, was he wasn't just slightly upset kind of with the, the, the Jedi formal order. Formal complaint himself? <laughs> General Grievance and the other Sith Lord formal complaint <laughs> were the two that ruled the galaxy with a slightly inconvenienced fist. Sith Lord <laughs> Karen. <laughs> he wants to speak to the, <laughs> the rebel manager. General General Grievous yes. had, uh, I think he had four, but he also, he talked a lot about his collection. Oh. So I think he, maybe he was just bringing out his best four to show off. Interesting. It would be pretty funny in Star Wars because um, General Grievous has like that pretty badass uh, entrance. Right. Where he's kind of like just in the scene. It could just be because he talks like that because he had to like rush to get there. <laughs> so like Obi-Wan comes out and he's like, hello there. And he turns around like, General Kenobi! Jesus, like, man. Are you okay? Are you okay? Do you want to catch your breath? I'm just... I have many lightsabers. Right, we we know. We've known you for a bunch of years. Just give me a minute. You, Yeah, sure. You know, it's not really about how many lightsabers just, you have. It's about how skilled you are with one lightsaber. Oh, General Kenobi. Yeah? You just keep saying my name. <laughs> 
I'll be honest, I expected you to be more impressed. I thought that's where the conversation would have headed. Well, you, I'm on the Jedi side. If I wanted a bunch of lightsabers, sure, I would have gone to the Sith side, but I didn't. So this isn't impressive? No, like, I like mine. I have a My favorite color is green. I've got a green lightsaber. I'm good. But I have four. Right. Sure. So nothing about this you find... Why do you want to impress me? I thought you have like, don't you Sith guys always bang on about like power beyond your wildest imagination? Mm, yes. Um, you yes. Know, not giving a shit about Jedi, exactly. wanting them dead, but you seem to want my approval. Ultimate power, not one, not two, but four sabers. I don't think that's what, what the Sith Lords mean by ultimate power. It's just more lightsabers. Do you have a favorite? Of, uh, I'm sorry, of yours? Of mine. Of course not. I found this one on a, in a bin on Tatooine. Really? Mm. You, you you hoke through bins. This one was you're, inside you're a, of... You're a general? Mm. You lead men in battle, but you also dig through bins? On my planet, he who has the sabers controls the world. Right, okay. Interesting. My planet is small. How many... <laughs> Me and Jacob... How many? I, I don't. Know, I don't know if I even want to know this, but how many lightsabers do you have total? Me, four. Of course, you. Jacob, five. Right. So Jacob has ultimate control of the planet. Then currently, yes. But with your okay. saber, I shall do him. I cut off your head. Oh. <laughs> I take your sabers. I was like, I was being coy. I wanted all the sabers. You pick them up. You're like. Some of these are just strips of metal. This isn't even a real lightsaber. So we may have some listeners uh, asking the podcast right now, one, what is a druid? And two, possibly, who is General Grievous? If they haven't seen uh, the popular Star Wars movies. But today we're going to be talking about druids. You know, f*** it. No, General yeah. Grievous is pretty bad. It's a bit more important. <laughs> it's a bit more the kids need to learn. Uh, first off, I want to say, um, I think druids get a bad rap. All right. Right. Druids, especially in Irish folklore, were known for serving lords and kings as sort of a hybrid priest counselor. Uh, it was believed that they possessed the gift of prophecy and various other assorted mystical abilities. It's basically a king teaming up with a wizard to rule a world. God damn. That's a winning combination. I thought I had heard that like relatively recently. It's one of the trippy things about druids in like celtic ireland ancient uk times is that they have a pretty decent educated guess about what druids did but they don't really know for sure they just know that they existed and they were somewhere on the spectrum between like you say like leaders and also wizards yeah again uh like a lot of different uh um they're not religions but i guess um uh, beliefs. They were pretty much completely destroyed by Christianity uh, that just kind of came in like a wave. Although a lot of records have been preserved, as you said, a lot of it is still um, unknown, really. Um, and yes, of course, historically druids have been associated with performing human sacrifices. Listen, who hasn't, historically speaking, in the scheme of things? But I will say, this was always pretty much, mostly, to appease the immortal gods. And you do you think you can get wizard powers without a little bit of human sacrifice? Absolutely not. There's no way. There isn't. You gotta stab people, you gotta burn shit, 
The gods want blood. Listen, uh, how does Kirby get a special ability? Do you think Kirby just Great sits point. at home and just dreams of being able to uh, use his tongue like Yoshi? Yeah. No, he murders Yoshi. How do you think General Grievous got all those lightsabers? He did not By killing find the them. younglings, he the youngling them. Jedis. Now, when it came to sacrifices, according to records by Julius Caesar himself, those who had been found guilty of theft or other criminal offenses were considered preferable to use as sacrificial victims. Interesting. So, you know, it's kind of a two birds with one stone. It's like, this is a bad man. He has to die. But also... Let's use them in a sacrifice. Yeah, let's get something out of this. Let's let's have ourselves a little a little party here. Let's make the gods happy, you know? Which is kind of interesting because I feel like if you look at other uh, maybe religions, the other side of the earth, you have these traditions of like, I don't know, like virgin sacrifice. It's like you want the brightest and best person in society, the most uh, like amazing child. Yeah. They're the first to go. You put them on the altar, you cut out their heart. Um, but actually, it seemed like the gods weren't so picky on this side of the world. Yeah, which is helpful, for sure. <laughs> Prisons are expensive, folks. Uh, I will say, unfortunately, when criminals were in short supply, uh, innocence would be acceptable. Of course. Maybe we'll spare the brightest minds and the richest, but, um, you know, if, if we need to go, if we've got to sacrifice someone, you're just making shit up now. You're like, I, I, saw, I saw Tim steal a cracker. Get him! You know, you can just all jump on Tim, yeah. throw him up there. He's dead before he even gets to defend himself. I mean, I'm not saying, I don't want to worry anyone in the commune, but like, I'm I'm personally listening to this story. I'm interested to see where this whole druid thing oh went, God. because the whole human sacrifice, there were probably, like, this is one benefit, getting rid of the ne'er-do-wells. Yeah. Uh, if there's other benefits, this could be a good system. Well, I think you can see into the future. That's pretty good as well. Uh, forms of sacrifice included burning victims alive in a large wooden effigy, uh, often known as a wicker man. Other methods included drowning, hanging, and stabbing. Jesus. In some of these ceremonies, druids would prepare the human sacrifice, plunge a dagger into their chest... And by observing the way his limbs convulse and the gushing of blood, they were able to predict the future. Jesus Christ. They could also predict the future by reading the flight and calls of birds. Right. So why not do that all the time? Start then? with the birds, right? I think start with the birds before you kind of go. If, you know, sure, maybe there's a slow day where the birds aren't giving it out. Birds. If you're a prisoner <laughs> in prison, ready to be taken to the f***ing altar... You gotta be praying for some <laughs> pigeons that day. You're putting seeds out on the windowsill. You're taking your last meal and you are just getting into bite-sized chunks and throwing it out the window. Now, while there are still people who classify themselves as druids today, uh, this modern version is much more PG. Uh, it's all about respecting the environment, uh, a love of arts and poetry. It's very different. Uh, <laughs> Druids in ancient times, they would not have accepted these modern druids. It would have been sacrificed. It's a different vibe. It's a different uh, It's a different type of druidry. Yeah, look, I, I'm joking, of course. I appreciate that. It's kind of a cool idea, like, trying to take the spirit of it, this, like, the spirit of, like, like, loving nature and stuff and trying to carry that through to now. Yeah, it's kind of like if, uh, if some people would be like, hey, we're just going to redo the hierarchies of ancient Egypt. So I'm going to be a pharaoh. I'm going to be a pharaoh now. Um, but I'm going to turn it into a good thing. 
mm-hmm. and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna whip you with a real soft bit of rope. Maybe that's actually too harsh. That's still pretty mean. It's still pretty yeah. up there, yeah. Okay, uh, what's like a nice version of it? Hey, I'm a pharaoh. I'll give you. you can't, a... It's bad when you can't think of one good thing that a pharaoh does. Yeah, you should also shouldn't start by announcing you're a pharaoh. That also <laughs> kind of like leads you to believe that your your priorities here are your own royalty. I'll give you a bigger deadline for the pyramid. Like, so how, like how much longer do I get to build a pyramid? Um, how long does it usually take? I should know this. A couple weeks. No. Was it not? We're talking like uh, 50, 100 years. Weirdly, we might have to speed that up. I'll be honest with you because uh, I'll (laughs) be dead. I'll be dead, weirdly. Um, So we could speed that up, actually. But like maybe I'll give you some better food. I'll give you some better food than they did in the old days. I don't know if that's going to... I mean, sure. How fast do you need it, though? Because 50 to 100 years? You're still really focused on the pyramid thing. Okay. Whereas I've already moved on. We've already said that the pyramid's getting done, but now I'm saying you, okay. I can do better stuff for you. Sure. I mean, cur- that would be great, actually, to be fair, because currently we are living on uh, only bread, which is not great for the old lifespan. Totally. kind of falling apart over here. Hey, I hear you, brother. I hear you. And I'm always here for you. The ETA, though, on the pyramid. Well, you just accused me of being hyper-focused on the pyramid, but it seems like you're focused on the pyramid. Well, you I- said we would get it done. But uh, you mentioned food. What kind of, if we could upgrade that? Whatever you want, man. I'm a pharaoh for the people. Could we get some 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 vegetables, maybe some meats? I know you guys have like fresh meats and stuff. Sure, sure, sure. That is like, it's mostly like ceremonial stuff. So right. I mean, your pharaoh's got to keep up appearances, man. You know, if someone yeah. comes and visits and they see the pharaohs eating sand like you guys, they're going to be like, well, this isn't even, they don't even have a, a pyramid. Speaking yeah. of the pyramid, an ETA on the pyramid, you said? You, right, yeah. Did no, you say it, there was it like is, a... It is coming, but... Like an estimated time of arrival? Do you guys have like, I mean, seems like there's like three ceremonies a day going on For sure. in the palace. Three square. Sometimes I snack to mini, mini monies, I call them. That's, you consider that a ceremony. That's interesting. Totally. So... But hey, brother, once this pyramid is built it's gonna be clean living like i said for fif- you at least 50 for years me. all right how about this right nike slides for everyone pyramid done four hours i keep saying it but i feel like you're not taking it in minimum 50 years okay okay there is a way out of this i'm sure there's a way out of this okay uh can you get the druids please we call in the druids and it's just like well the process of sacrificing a human involves preparation can we get a faster druid I need 45 minutes. I need this done by the most impatient pharaoh of all time. <laughs> so who are these four figures in Ballyboli Forest? Are they druids themselves? Or are they something much, much more paranormal? This next story comes from one forum user who had a first-hand experience with the legendary four druids. In 2005, when I was 13 and in my third year of secondary school, I took part in an outdoor team-building scheme called the Duke of Edinburgh Award Scheme. This involved a reasonably straightforward walk with the exciting but daunting prospect of camping for one night right in the middle of a local forest, Ballyboley Forest, in Larne, Northern Ireland. The first few days involved nothing more exciting than navigating fields and hills, and it went without incident. On the last night, we ended up camping right in the middle of Ballyboley Forest with all the other groups. There were no teachers or leaders at this campsite, so naturally, all hell broke loose. At about 8.15, as the light was beginning to dim, someone in another group began to ramble on about seeing people at the other end of the forest moving about between the trees. In case it was another group who had gotten lost, 
a few of us marched over to check it out. It was about a five minute walk, and there was nothing but more trees and shrubbery, not a road or a natural footpath in sight. It wasn't taken very seriously. Until about an hour later, we were all gathered around a gas stove having hot chocolate, when someone else noticed movement down at the far end of the forest. This time, the figures that had previously been sighted were holding some kind of torches. But rather than modern torches, the figures seemed to be holding branches that had been set on fire. We counted four of these figures. Someone later that night claimed that after the figures vanished, they could hear what sounded like a slaughterhouse in the distance. Jesus. Echoing cries and the squeals of animals. <coughs> the next <coughs> morning... <laughs> that was way better than mine. <coughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. The next morning, we laughed it off and carried on with the expedition. Eventually, it was rarely spoken about, and it became one of those stories that as you get older, you just find yourself struggling to remember if it was real or a dream. Fast forward eight years, now 22, I was flicking through articles on Facebook when I came across one called The 10 Most Haunted Forests on Earth. I was amazed to see Bally Boley Forest was included at number 5. Every hair on my body stood on end when I read. It was reported in a local newspaper that two men were in the forest when they saw four human-shaped figures in the forest behind them, where previously there had been no one there. Other sites that reported the practices of druids involved the creation of altars to sacrifice animals and then set them on fire, which goes some way to explaining the slaughterhouse noises. Jesus. Kit, what we're seeing here is, is a pattern of people who have gone into these woods, heard or seen similar things, and uh, walked away having experienced what looks like the same group of people, these four druids residing in the woods. It seems like they've been there for a huge amount of time. Granted, there haven't been mentions of them uh, as back as early as the 15th century. But I mean, we're seeing, as we said, over, what, 10 years, 20 years, these figures still existing. What are your thoughts? Yeah, this is pretty f***ed up right off the bat. I mean, I think that would be very disturbing if you have one uh, one-off freak encounter where you think in the distance you see some flaming, four flaming torches. And then you read years later that even just one other person has seen four hooded figures with flaming torches. It's like, same all right, place. shut it down. Absolutely. Send in the police, send in the fucking military, cut down the whole forest. We need to understand what's going on here. We've got a, as always, we've got a scale of like paranormal going on here. At the very least, this is like four weirdos. You've been there for decades, hanging out and uh, sacrificing animals. And at the other end, we've got some kind of like legit paranormal rituals going on. Yeah. It's also the woods are a difficult place. You know, it's a very beautiful, serene, uh, wonderful place to walk and immerse yourself in, in nature. But the slightest, slightest bit of screaming and that place becomes a f hellhole. Yeah, you would prefer to be on Mars. Yeah, exactly. Do you have any experience of like camping and having any weird encounters? Uh, yeah, actually. So I, um, over the years, I have uh, volunteered at a summer camp right. where I am a camp counselor, where I look after kids, make sure they're safe, cut firewood, help clean up, 
uh, participate in camp activities. Uh, the only scares, that, legitimate scares that I have had have been when the dates of the camp fall on the 12th of July. Uh, which, if you don't know, is a very uh, interesting time to be in Northern Ireland uh, for a number of reasons, uh, but it can be quite a rowdy date, um, and uh, people obviously enjoy going to the woods and consuming large amounts of alcohol, burning things. A lot of fires. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, weirdly a lot of fire. Imagine, imagine if the opening scenes of Bloodborne took place... In Northern Ireland. That is basically what the 12th is like. We had one night where a bunch of drunk people tried to get into the campsite. Oh, Jesus. Uh, there was a fight involved. And one of them was... One of them was so drunk that we pinned him to the ground and he pissed himself. <laughs> and at that point, it's like, this isn't a good night for either of us, buddy. Um, so that was the only sort of, not paranormal, but just bad, <laughs> bad experience. <laughs> bad experience in the woods. There's a lot of stories like this, Kit. People either walking through the forest or camping overnight, coming across these shadowy robed figures. In one story from 1994, a couple who were out walking through Ballyboli Forest claimed that halfway through their walk, they began to hear screaming sounds and a large, dark cloud started to materialize at their feet. <laughs> what? Yeah, a little U-turn there at the end for you. That is, that's paranormal right there. As the screaming got louder, the couple ran through the smoke and out of the forest, refusing to look back. God damn. Now, if these druids do exist, it seems like they're either protecting the forest or they're using it for a place to perform ancient pagan rituals that possibly include sacrifice. Another popular theory as to why this forest could be so goddamn paranormal is that in Celtic mythology, there's a place known as the other world. Mm -hmm. It is the realm of the deities from uh, Celtic mythology. Also possibly uh, the location of the dead. Mm, okay. Kind of jumbled up there together. Because I think we've talked before when we've mentioned Celtic druidic practices, uh, this idea of like a thin place. This is like yeah. a place maybe somewhere like this forest where um, the barrier between the other world and our world is most thin and you can maybe just slip right through there yeah it, it, it's honestly you've absolutely nailed it it's described as uh, existing alongside our own world just at the edge of the earth and even occasionally intruding into our own world it, it actually sounds like a pretty awesome place uh, it's described as a supernatural realm of everlasting youth beauty health abundance joy Nothing bad at all. I'm basically picturing the land of Ooh from Adventure Time. Uh, yeah. A place Ca candy where people. candy is our people. Although, is that good? Because you don't want to eat people. I kind of like our yeah. world where candy is candy. Right. And people are humans. And I don't have to eat them. Yeah, maybe in the world of uh, Adventure Time, like you would be the demon because... We want to like, eat everyone. Yeah, you're eating everyone and you're not even candy yourself. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, in all those fantasy books or movies, there's always like one place that's like the hub and it's like the, the fairies are there. The orcs are there getting like a pint. The dwarfs are like dancing on the mm -hmm. tables. It's just like a little mythological <laughs> party town, you know? Yeah. That's what it kind of sounds like. Travelers coming in, travelers coming out. There's a yeah. dude playing the fiddle while some elves dance on the table. 
you know, it's, it seems like a pretty cool place. <laughs> Han Solo's in the corner <laughs> playing chess. But one of the interesting things I noted is that allegedly when this other world does mix and blend and intrude into our world, one of the main signifiers is a magic mist. Oh. Could it be possibly the mist that was seen in 1994 by the couple who witnessed a strange cloud? I will say, going back to the very beginning, one of the weirdest things seen in Ballyboli Forest is pillars of smoke rising uh, out of the forest from mysterious sources without anyone knowing where it comes from. Yeah, that's not good. Yes, this could be the burning of a sacrifice by the four druids, or could it possibly be the mythological Celtic otherworld blending with our own reality? That's, That's entirely possible. Never really thought of that. I mean, it's kind of interesting, isn't it, that like mist should, mist should be boring, right? Mist is just... I disagree. <laughs> well, well, maybe wait till I finish my thought. Cause... Mist is actually pretty cool. Yeah. But, okay. but but go on. Yeah, just let me... Okay. So it's just like a weather phenomenon. It's like a cloud or yeah, rain sure. or hail. It's just a type... All cool things. Of... <laughs> it's the type of water in the air. Yeah. It's just a type of water in the air. Oh, yeah. That's not cool at all. Mother nature vaping. That's not cool. Right. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is, but it is cool because... Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I, kind I of came at you pretty hard there, you actually. Did. Uh, think it of turned like, out we were on the same page the whole time. I feel a fool now because I was so aggressive. But we're, it seems like we're trying. We're going to make the same point. So sorry. Go ahead. Sure. But actually, there right. are reasons why mist is bad because... F*** you. Mist is badass. That's what it is. Dude. All right? And if you don't get that through your thick little skull, I'm going to be like mist. I'm going to come into your room through the windows and suffocate you in the in your in your little sleepy bed. I don't think that's what mist does. And I think you're going to need to cool it. And I, Sorry. I didn't know you felt this strongly about mist. But think of rock concerts. Think of uh, th- live theater. Think of those places where what do we do when we want to make something uh, intriguing and otherworldly? We literally get a machine that pumps out f-ing mist. Yeah, totally. Kind of interesting to think. It make it automatically adds an air of mystery to everything. That's why you can't have any druids at Download Festival because as soon as you turn on those smoke machines, they think they're in the other world <laughs> where they can. F- fly and eat fairies staffs come out they start (laughs) chanting spells it's a dangerous place they did some you shall not pass shit some doof yeah clearing a mosh pit by striking the ground and all the souls flee from a thousand people around them christ alive it's a dangerous place jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now... This thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here. Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. But I think this is an interesting case because we have a couple different things that we have investigated but um, it's up for us to kind of decide what we want to focus in on. Yeah. We could look at um, uh, Celtic Druids and their history in Northern Ireland. What we have to do right now is kind of um, decide what we want to come down on in our conclusion. Are we investigating the forest itself uh, and deciding whether or not it's paranormal? Are we going to be looking into these four Druids and asking uh, whether or not they exist or if they're paranormal? Or, you know, just the history of uh, Druids um, and their relationship with Celtic folklore. Interesting. My instinct is that I know we started off with, is Ballyboly Forest paranormal? Is it haunted? <laughs> but I feel like the elephant in the room is these four f- Druids at this point. We gotta, for the nation's benefit, we gotta clear this up one way or the other yeah it seems a little weird to have a lot of very druid heavy stories yeah and then go but are the trees spooky you know we gotta kind of yeah we gotta i think focus on the druids this is like a psa so that the next listener who goes to the forest Mm. they need to know whether to bring some kind of enchanted um amulet to defend them against these druids at the very least bring a robe Bring another robe and they might actually be pretty chill with the whole thing. All right. Well, if we're looking into the four druids, then is the decision that we're making today whether or not they exist or whether or not they themselves are paranormal? Because uh, while there are a lot of um, spooky stories that we've heard today about these forests, a lot of them can be explained. Even if the explanation is pretty horrific, people are still using these pagan sacrificial practices uh, out in the woods, burning animals, killing things. It's pretty dark, but it's not paranormal. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. Or we've heard a little bit more about, you know, mysterious smoke spawning, uh, echoing voices throughout the woods. That edges a little bit more towards the paranormal. I guess it's kind of like, remember the episode we did on vampires? Yeah. And at the end of it, we kind of, the conclusion was, are vampires real? And they are, because there are people who drink blood, and they call themselves vampires. And that is kind of what a vampire is. And paranormal. It's pretty weird, for sure, yeah. Yeah. 
I guess it's what we want to do. What do you want to do? Do you want to come down on whether it's paranormal or whether these four mysterious, creepy bastards exist? In my mind, it seems like there is no question that these creepy bastards exist. So the greater question is, is what they're doing. Are they paranormal? Yeah. As I said, not a big camper. But I do get the feeling that, like you said in the very beginning, part of the problem with anything happening in the woods is that after everyone's seen the Blair Witch Project, we like to kind of, uh, those imaginations like to run wild. As soon as we get within three foot of a tree in the dark, we just start seeing faces, hearing things. Uh, as you say, noises echoing around the woods. And this is what psychologists call assigning agency. This is where the human brain wants to believe that every single thing that it hears and sees is because someone did it. Right. But that's not necessarily the case. A branch fell from a tree and we want to think that a druid is about to cast a spell on us. It could be an owl, just an owl. Could be anything. Which is why I believe these druids are real. I believe these men in cloaks and torches are real. I don't know what their deal is. I don't know why they are frightening people out of these woods, but with the evidence we've seen today, I do not believe that they are paranormal. Themselves paranormal. I think that's fair enough. Um, Yeah, I think what they're doing is weird. I guess, you know, you have to look um, at all these kind of examples under that same lens, you know, people who possibly like Satanists worship the devil, people who practice witchcraft... Is it truly paranormal or is it just an interest in, um, you know, these these kind of like pagan rituals? Uh, I think in this case, I think that you're right. I think they absolutely do exist as well. But yeah, for me to, um, to side a little more with the fact that there truly is something paranormal going on in there, I would have needed something a little extra. I would need to see them construct a Kamehameha ball of fire that they blast into a tree and leave a blazing hole. Yeah, because even the weirdest stuff, flaming branches, mm-hmm. I can do that. Yeah. You can do that. A druid might have a zippo. That's, that's very true. Um, so I think, um, it, you know, there's a bit of a coin toss at the end there, but I think it's going to be a double no. Uh, the druids of Ballyboli Forest possibly do exist, but we do not believe that currently they are paranormal. To our druid audience listening out there, please do not uh, curse us. This is not us. a challenge. This is not a challenge. I do not want you to prove us wrong. I just want a five-star review on iTunes. Sure. Um, please do not sacrifice anything. Please do not sacrifice me. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the, the episode. And... Um, We'll do, uh, we'll, we'll throw you a bone later on. We'll do another Druid episode and we'll just be like, we'll say double yes in like the first five minutes. We'll do a PR puff piece if you, <laughs> get, if you give us the iTunes reviews. Thank you so much for tuning in this week and thank you for that listener submission. Again, if you want to submit your own suggestion or maybe you have your own paranormal story you want us to look into, that email address is thisparanormallifepodcast at gmail.com. And if you cannot get enough of these episodes, what if I told you you could experience them with a whole different sense? That's right. This Paranormal Life has gone visual, baby. We're over on YouTube.com. We upload weekly clips. The best of... You're talking 4K IMAX surround sound. Not that good. Not that Currently, we're working with uh, some iPhones... Uh, right, but, but sure, like a... but like Dolby, auth- we got a Dolby f- 
license were no. common to Netflix, I believe, in talks with the big cats at Netflix. Uh, we sent an email. They haven't got back to us yet. So that is technically really? in talks because we have initiated the talk. But um, I also got wow. a bounce back from that. So I don't think uh, they necessarily got it. That's that's interesting. But the postmaster himself told me that, uh, you know. That I had sent it to the wrong address. But next time, for sure. I'll get it right. Absolutely. So make sure that you subscribe on YouTube and check us out on Twitter at This Para Life. There are links in the description of this podcast that you're listening to right now. If you just unlock your phone, scroll up or down or whatever. I don't know what the hell you're doing on that thing. And then look, and the links are right there. Look, my mom doesn't let me have a phone. I've heard that there's links in the description. That's a cool thing to say. Let's do it. And you can listen to uh, all the best clips from this week's episode cut out for your convenience. You also get to see our pretty faces. That's always a plus. So definitely check that out. And as you know, we don't run any ads on this podcast. You might listen to other podcasts and, you know, the first two minutes are talking about Squarespace. They're talking about some me undies. They're talking, I don't know what they're talking about. You know, we talk about the paranormal. From the very get-go, that's what we talk about. Mm-hmm. We don't run ads on this show, and we can do that. We have the luxury of being able to do that because of the support from our community on Patreon.com. That's right. That's where you go, folks, if you want to support the show, but also get a little bit back for your money. For around just 5 bucks a month, you can get access to a whole backlog of bonus episodes that we've been recording pretty much from when this podcast launched. It's a lot of very uh, interesting, exclusive, top-secret paranormal information that you're definitely going to want to get your ears on. So definitely check it out. And as always, if you have supported us on Patreon, we'd like to give you a very special shout-out. So thank you to... Craig Griffiths. Craig is actually a bit of a druid himself. Um, just hunting in the world for any mist or steam he can find, trying to make it to the other world. <laughs> uh, he'll just run a bath for like two hours really get the thing steamy and then uh jump into the the mist thinking he's going to be transported into a mythical world he pretty much usually just hits the shower curtain and knocks himself out immediately one time he told me all about his journey to the other world i was like bro you passed out in the bath again it was a dream (laughs) give me a freaking break thank you also to margaret bashar margaret did you bash your arm when you slipped and fell in your steamy bathroom trying to get to the other world. <laughs> so many emails claiming to be in the other world. You're not in the other and world. yet the other world is full of rubber ducks and, and, and soapy hot water. Yeah, I'm and overflowing it. taps. I don't think so. That doesn't sound dreamy to me. Thank you to Joanne. Joanne is our number one fan. Uh, she doesn't like the podcast, but on the hot summer days in the paranormal commune, she's the one that has the big leaf and just keeps us cool right. in the hot sun. So she's like our number one fan. She she's would rather be anywhere else in the world. Doesn't give a shit about the podcast. She hates us. But we, we work her too hard. Yeah. But she is our number one fan. She's got the technique down, keeps us cool 24-7. She- we honestly, we actually had a big staff of other fan waivers and we were like, you Fire guys can go, fan, you know. Get out of here. Thank you to Jamie. Jamie's been all around the world and he just can't help think that everything looks a little samey. So he wants to go to the other world. That's right. Get that hot, steamy bath oh, running. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's in the sauna. He's in the hot spring. He's in the blue lagoon in Iceland. Sometimes he doesn't even wait to get the mist going in the bathroom. He'll just knock himself out on the sink. I was going to say, he slips <laughs> on a little puddle of water. 
Thank you to Nicholas Weinblatt. Nicholas has wine blood. It's enough to get a vampire drunk. All right, which is exactly what oh, you shit. don't want to happen because they're already pretty horny as is. So if you get one of those bastards in your room and the vino is flowing, you can't even do anything because you're feeling woozy because you lost all your wine blood. It's a bad situation to be in. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine you wake up as a vampire. You're already annoyed that you're not a vampire, but worse than that, there's another vampire that was too ass drunk to make it outside your apartment, so he's vomited on your carpets. Like, bro, <laughs> cut me a, some slack here. Thank you to Horst. Horst is the worst. When we had all of those fans on retainer, uh, he didn't even know how to hold the leaf. Yeah. He was like, does this cool you down, master? And he was like hitting us on the side of the head with a leaf. And we were like, you are the worst. You don't get the concept of fanning. I'm hotter, if anything, because I've had to deal with this. I'm starting to think that might have been some reverse psychology shit because... Because <gasps> we let we let him go. Let him go. And Joanne, else... <laughs> stop listening. Cover your ears. Thank you to Ursula Berger. Come on down to Ursula's Burgers, where Ursula serves up the finest cuts of meat. What can I get for you, sir? Cheeseburger. Uh, no problem. Coming right up. I wasn't expecting that. Jimmy, could you fire up a cheeseburger? This is actually Jimmy? going... Oh. Jimmy? Uh, no problem. Uh, Cassandra, where'd Jimmy go? Can you put it... Can you put some... Can you hop on the grill? Cassandra? This is a lot for just a Jesus burger. Jesus Christ. Rachel! Rachel! How many people work here? Rachel! F*** me. It's not oh, that... Oh, shit. What? They've all been taken to uh, work in the fans. That uh, makes sense. Lost my entire staff. I forgot. Jesus. Fine. There has been a bit of a heat wave in the paranormal commune. And I would jump on the grill if if I could. But honestly, I have a fan shift in five minutes. So you're sorry, fanning bro. as well. Oh yeah, you better get out of here if you don't want to be drafted, bro. I have like five minutes on my lunch break, and then I got to head back to fanning. It's like there's no one even there half the time. You're just <laughs> fanning empty seats. Thank you to Richard. Richard comes from a rich herd. That's kind of like slang for having a, a, a posh family. Nice. You know, you come from a rich herd. You, you've been around this place, you big spoilt cow. That was a little mean. I didn't mean a, as in like, you know, your rich herd of cows. Spoiled cows, you know. He is also a cow. Oh. So he's, so he's, he's from a rich herd, but he's also literally So what is he cow. rich with? Milk for a start. Oh, okay, so not money. <laughs> Yeah, milk, you dumbass. Obviously, right. Should have guessed. He's got four titties. Wait, how many? How many? He's got four titties. How many udders do your cows have? Four, right? Or is it eight? I think it's you're thinking four, of stomachs it? or something. <laughs> Don't they have four stomachs? <laughs> Jesus. This is me in science class. Did you know a cow has four tits? <laughs> It's like, no, absolutely not. Stop trying to teach the other kids, Rory. You're standing at the front of the class. <laughs> the biology teacher's been tied to a chair at the back of the room. Did you know snakes are immortal? Mm. <laughs> They're not. Welcome to class. Everyone eat your Bunsen burners. <laughs> so put the Bunsen burner in your mouth and turn on the gas. Step two, welcome to the other world. <laughs> <laughs> this is the closest we could get to mist. All the other kids are trying to get out the windows. I've locked them all. <laughs> You're just seeing rubber ducks from miles. 
Ahoy me hearties! <laughs> Rub-a-dub-dub! <laughs> Thank you to Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson has a long son. Really? 12 feet tall. Holy moly. That's a long son. It's borderline. got to be in the NBA. Borderline Surely. paranormal. I don't know how his son hasn't ended up on one of our episodes yet. I'm scared of him, frankly. I guess that's why. Nothing should be that tall. He also has eight udders. So, hold on. Is there any chance that Ben's son is... A cow? A cow? Yeah, right. he is. He is. He, he's 12 he's foot tall. Is this a cow, like, stretched out? Um... I may have exaggerated. Okay. Like Just his height. Cow size. It's, it's he's for a cow. He's a little big. <laughs> so that's pretty weird. Sure. He is cow shaped and cow colored. Okay. And I I might have exaggerated the, the size. He is a cow size. So I'm guessing that if Ben's son is indeed a cow of normal size, mm-hmm. that Ben is he's also a, he's a cow. cow. He's right. a cow. He's from a rich herd. <laughs> I don't need to get into this again. <laughs> Thank you to Reina Hernandez. Are you trying to Reina my parade? If you could, that would really help. As I said, there is a heat wave in the paranormal commune currently, uh, which may or may not have something to do with the nuclear reactor, which has been overheating itself. Um, yeah. Rain, we would welcome. We would welcome it. We had been referring to it as a microclimate. The fact that... Um, 100 meter vicinity of the nuclear reactor at the commune it was sure 45 degrees celsius yeah outside of that sure november winter conditions four degrees and freezing oh yeah and in this micro climate you might go die mate might go die mate. you're gonna die if you go in it is what i'm basically trying to say so st- steer clear that took me so off guard in this microclimate, you might, might go, go die, die mate, mate. It's not even good. <laughs> it just sounds the same. Thank you to Matt O'Neill. Matt O'Neill has a cat to feel. This is one cute, cuddly son of a bitch. Oh, that's adorable. However, it is a little oversized and, you know, has a couple more udders than you might expect right. a cat. Is it a cow? Just say if it's a cow. We don't need to do this whole thing. Well, one thing. time it almost meowed. It sounded like a meow. Was but it, it was a really moo? Mo- it was a moo. All right, that's probably a cow. Is that what cows do? Because that would explain a lot. Thank you to Lizzie B. Lizzie B was a busy bee. That is until she dropped everything to become a full-time fan attendant. Good choice. Good life choice. I heard they give good pensions. Yeah, they do because you don't make it the pension age. It's a very backbreaking job. But it's pretty cool if you catch my drift. For the person on the other side of the fan. Who catches your drift? Hey. Lizzie, don't go back to your old life. Don't go back to your old job. We need you here. Come back. Fan me with your bee wings. Thank you to Mark Elliott. Mark Elliott, do you have two other friends that would be interested in uh, joining me on a little woodland adventure? Hmm. Uh, Robes are required. Branches encouraged. Fire a necessity. Just Sounds know. like you better bring the branch then if you need the fire. It's best you bring the branch. That will really help with the, the procedure. Um, yeah, just follow the sounds of the animal screams and uh, and I'll be there. Just give me a shout. Thank you to Wayne Shargolev. Wayne is feeling the pain after slipping and cracking the side of his head open off of his sink 
when the slippery, misty floor of his bedroom became too much to support him. Um, of course he believed he was in the other world. Um, he thought the other world involved, uh, ER, anesthetic, and stitches. And a mighty medical bill. <laughs> he, of course, was just in the hospital. Um, but we, we're glad that he've made, he's made a full recovery. And um, just someone keep an eye on him. Someone keep an eye on him. Thank you to Sarek Burns. Sarek says, it burns, it burns! Because you entered the perimeter, we told you not to. You got too close to the nuclear reactor, the microclimate, and look what happened, buddy. All right? We did warn you. You can't say we didn't warn you. Legally, you can't say that. It's evictable. Is that a word? Evictable? It is now. Welcome to the commune. Thank you to Lucas Edwards. Lucas went Edwards (laughs) onto the cold hard flooring of his bathroom when he slipped in the shower trying to make it to the other world. He said, oh, my Edwards. My Edwards. Nah, that doesn't really work. Yours was better than mine. (laughs) Shit. That's what he was saying after conking his noggin. And thank you lastly but not leastly to Alice H. Alice H. How would you like to be Alice F? For fan. Because we... Not us personally, but um, the communal egg nest has obviously also been suffering from the increased temperature. These bad boys are frying in their shells. Yeah. We need to keep that temperature down or else we're going to have to have, a, frankly, a feast. And we didn't tell anyone, but a lot of these eggs are crocodile eggs. And if you don't know, the temperature that the eggs are in determines their gender the sex so we are we are there's a lot of angry male crocodiles coming our way yeah in about eight to 14 hours time mm-hmm. so we need to keep we that temperature on and we need snacks nearby yeah human-sized snacks it is hard enough to raise a a teenage boy raising a teenage croc Going through puberty is a very, very is a very difficult thing. Uh, I'm not able to have the birds and the bees chat with a crocodile yeah. who is confused, scared, and horny. Yeah. It's a dangerous combination. Um, so we just need to keep keep them cool, keep them relaxed, and uh, keep them well fed. I think is is what the magic triangle. So thank you so much to everyone who has supported us on Patreon. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And as always, we will see you back next week with a brand new paranormal tale. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.